Golf. Sometimes you play it. Sometimes it plays you. It's time for some advice that puts you in control of your golf swing. If your swing has a hiccup or hitch, the Swing Doctor has the cure. Now, here's Jerry Bott with the Swing Doctor. Morningstar golf professional Jim Prucci. News Talk 1130 WISN, the Swing Doctor here on a Sunday morning. Big stretch of warm weather we've been having uh, in the Milwaukee area here for the end of September. My name is Jerry Vaught. The full panel of PGA professionals has been assembled. The Swing Doctor himself, Jim Frucci Jr., co-owner of uh, Morningstar Golfers Club uh, located in uh, southern Waukesha County. Frucci, how are you, pal? Hey, I'm just fine. Weather here is the same as it is up there. Yeah, it's nice, it, nice and warm. Really uh, interesting uh, beyond what is seasonal around here. Uh, the managing partner at Morningstar is Jim Frucci III, a.k.a. Jimmy, a.k.a. The Professor. Professor, good to see you. You are in studio. I appreciate you showing up here. My pleasure. And I know one of the challenges of running um, a, a golf course and a, a full-service golf operation uh, after – uh, some of the younger employees go back to college and whatnot, is uh, making sure that you have enough staffing to be able to process the volumes of daily fee players and the people that are having <laughs> outings and stuff like that. So Michael Crowley isn't here. He's working the counter today in the golf shop at Morningstar out of necessity, right, uh, Jimmy? Yes, absolutely. So, And I, and my, this is not unusual. Michael works at the counter all the time. He's very, very hospitable. Uh, he's the head golf professional at Morningstar, in case you didn't know him, Jimmy. Did you, are you aware of that? I, I, I think I am aware of that, yes. <laughs> Michael, you're on the phone with us. And, and if you have to, to b- bail out and check in people and uh, you know you do a couple of club fittings and uh, sell a pair of shoes or whatever it is, uh, you just let us know and we'll... Uh, yeah, it was we'll, perfect. I just sold three three dozen balls and a pair of shoes and some gloves So just before we went on air. So it was, it was good timing. Generating revenue is... There's no, no, uh, nothing like it. So anyway, let's dive right into it. There's lots of material to cover because President's Cup is next week. Um, the Tour Championship uh, and the FedEx Cup is being settled literally as we speak uh, on this particular weekend. Uh, I want to go back to last week, the third uh, tournament in the four-tournament so-called playoffs. Uh, Mark Leishman won in, in the, uh, the tournament in the Chicago area, the, the BMW Championship. Uh, and, and his win got him into what I'm dubbing the, the FedEx Cup 5, the if you're in the top five in the FedEx Cup point standings going into the Tour Championship, if you win the tournament, you win the FedEx Cup. That's the period, the end. Uh, and so he got in there in, in the in the fourth position. Um, I thought I, I watched a lot of the tournament. Uh, Fruit, I don't know how much you got to see. I, you know, he's one of these players, Leishman. He was kind of sneaky good, doesn't make many mistakes, and he for the last three or four weeks, the guy's been just brilliant with his putter. Uh, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, he, every time we turn around, there seems to be another sneaky good player who pops up on us. Uh, well, and just fact- let me jump in for a second. Leishman, though, is not one of these younger guns. He's in his, I think he's in his mid-30s. I want to say he's like 33, 34. He's been around for a while, but he every time you look at a leaderboard, his name, name seems to be there, at least recently. Yeah, well, the fact is, all these guys are good, but different guys get hot on hot streaks at different times. I mean, uh, remember... Uh, Henrik Stenson a little while back. I mean, he was he was on fire, and Jason Day before that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the putter gets hot, the confidence soars, and the great shots just keep coming and coming and coming until they don't. Uh, but Leishman, no doubt, is world class. Uh, he's he's especially right now, and and he's a definite threat in Atlanta. Hey, Michael, when when you're 
in a competitive situation like that, and you've got that hot putter, it doesn't it kind of take some of the pressure off the rest of your game? If you know that, you know, I don't have to take a big risk here, I can put it 35, 40 feet away, and I know I'm going to, at the very worst, two-putt, does that change the way that you approach a competitive situation? Oh, absolutely it does. When you feel confident with that putter, you feel like you can go at every pin, and if you miss the pin, you're going to chip it up, you're going to get up and down. Um, par fives, you might take a little extra risk and go for it and even know that, it, you know, even if the pin's way in the back, if I can get it somewhere on the front, front third of the green, I got a chance to roll that putt in for eagle. So there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of things that you can do more aggressively when you feel like you can uh, when you can make putts and, and it's, it's a great feeling because you don't care that if you miss the green or not, when you don't care if you miss the green or not, basically you're going to hit it a lot closer than you normally do. I know that, uh, that morning has been busy. So maybe I'm not sure how much golf you got to see last weekend in that BMW tournament, but comment a little bit on Leishman's putting. It was, I don't know how much you saw. It was just amazing. Yeah, I didn't get to see a ton of it, but uh, was watching the highlights, and I mean, it was like every hole he was just dropping and putt after putt after putt. So I mean, he was it was it was unbelievable what he was doing, and um, if he keeps that you know he keeps keeping that going, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be tough to beat, that's for sure. I, I know, Jimmy, you didn't get a chance to see it. You had other you were, you were on assignment doing other things. I, I realize, but this guy was I mean, it wasn't just he was making a bunch of eight footers. He was making some bombs consistently. You know, eighteen, twenty, twenty two feet, and right in the middle of the hole. You're a good putter. What's going through your mind when you get out of a streak like that? Nothing, probably, right? Um, it frees you up with the rest of your game, believe it or not. I mean, similar to what Michael was saying, it leads all the way back to the tee. Um, it, it it allows you to free yourself up from the tee box because if you know you're you're making every 5, 6, even in his case, 10, 15-footer, you know no matter where you hit it from your approach shot around the green, you're going to be able to get up and down. I can just do an average chip, and I'm going to be able to make my next putt. Well, then that means standing in a fairway, you can be like, all right, I got 220 yards off. I got no pressure on me right now because I know no matter what, I'm going to get up and down. Well, now you're standing on a tee box going, I don't care if I'm in the rough or whatever. I can always throw something up around the green and get up and down. So it leads all the way back to your confidence with your driver, mm, and we've yeah. talked about that in the past. But when you get hot like this, it's just uh, it's an unbelievable feeling. The, the the cup looks like it's the size of a, a big Frisbee, a disc. It's it's huge. And it just, every putt you look at, you're like, yeah, there's some that are, I would say, red lights or yellow lights. Uh, be cautious here. I mean, if you're caught on the wrong side of the hole. But allows you to be a little bit more aggressive with your putts, mm -hmm. your first putt. Um, especially if you're not thinking about three-putting. Because when you're confident with a putter, the last thing you're thinking about is, yep. is three-jacking at all. Um, and, it, and and like Fruit said, these guys go on hot streaks like this with the putter, and that's where you see the guys dominating for a period of time. You know, Fruits, it seems to me with all of this talent, sometimes course management is the difference between the guys that are consistently you know, on, on page one of, of the leaderboard and, and, and who aren't. And like I said, the other thing that impressed me watching Leishman the last few weeks is that he doesn't make many mistakes. He he manages his game and he manages the golf course he's playing, I think, at, at a fairly high level. Would you you buy into that? I buy it, uh, absolutely. Um, but I think it all, <clears throat> like the boy said, it all goes back to the putter. Uh, when you're putting well, everything, the sun is shining and the birds are singing and everything just kind of falls into place for you. And, and he putted, especially last week, but uh, he putted... He put it like Jordan Spieth, 
does when he puts really good. Yep. I mean, you know, the 20 and 25 footers were just, it didn't matter. Uphill, downhill, side hill, it didn't matter. He was rolling it. And if it didn't go in, it looked like it was going to go in for a long, long time. Yeah, he had a lot of tap in pars from from you know thirty feet where he you know he he was you know missed the cup by an inch on either side, but it rolled you know all of you know fifteen inches past the hole. It's just a, the speed control was was perfect. Michael, given uh, how well Leishman's played, is he uh, is he maybe the the most legitimate threat in the here and now uh, in the Presidents Cup on the international team? Oh, without a doubt, he is. Um, everybody who, who's playing, you know, is well aware of how good he is playing. So. Uh, it'll be some interesting matchups with ever, whoever he gets paired with um, for the U.S. to to play against. That they're going to have their hands full, and that's for sure. So, you know, going down up and down the line, I don't know who. There's nobody that's playing better than he is. I mean, Jordan Spieth is playing fantastic, but Leishman right now seems to be playing the best. Yeah, no, he's he is really playing extraordinarily well, Jimmy. In, in a team competition like that, I'm just. I, I know that Steve Stricker has has been uh, a vice captain on a bunch of different uh, uh, international, or excuse me, uh, international competition uh, American teams. Obviously, um, is there any kind of strategy when you get to, to, to the single side of this? Like, do you throw your best guys out early? Early, and and I know that it might depend on what the score is and, and that sort of thing. But all things equal, let's, let's assume that the the U.S. has a a two or three or four point lead going into those singles matches. You get your best players out and try to wrap the thing up early, or you you hold one or two back for uh, for something later on. Well, it depends on who you talk to. Uh, in my opinion, you, you set your lineup according to how the guys feel. Uh, the guys that are comfortable with the stress and the pressure and stuff like that, maybe you send them off later on. The guys that are fiery and stuff like that, a, a, a Patrick Reed, I'd want to put him either in the middle or close to the front. Early. That way you get can kind of pump them yeah. up and stuff yeah. like that and get everybody amped and get the crowd excited. Um, so I think it really all depends on the player. Um, and if they're a qu- more quiet uh, reserve type, I think maybe you send them off first and just kind of ease into everything. But it depends on your situation. It also depends on what you think the opponent's going to do. Where do you think they're going to put their better players? Because believe it or not, these guys are the top players in the world, but there's better players and worse players sure. on every team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it all depends on where uh, Steve Stricker thinks that they're going to match up well. All right, well, I think they're going to put this person out here or in this group of four. Well, I might want to stay away from that person and maybe I'll not throw a lamb to the slaughter, but I'll throw one of my least sure. least players up there towards the front and kind of try to hide them the best I can. Um, so I think there's their strategy from that standpoint goes on in, but I think there's going to be a lot of input from the U.S. players on where they feel comfortable playing, where they want to go out at, um, and I think there's going to be a ton of input from Phil Mickelson. Fruch, any any rule of thumb in your mind with regard to those singles matches? And you know, your better players, you hold them back, you get them in the middle, you throw them out early. Any anything like that in your your brain? Well, I think the uh, the general school of thought is that if you're behind by three or four points, uh, you tend to put your better players out first in order to try to whack that uh, that deficit down and get it get it back to even, and and also fire up the rest of your team as they start to go out because now they're not behind anymore they're they're back to even um but you know it's uh it it, it depends i think jimmy sums it up pretty well it's uh it depends on the captain it depends on the input from his team it depends on where you are whether you're behind or ahead uh and, but i think i think you're no matter what you're going to see a couple of uh really good match play guys held back by the u.s no matter what 
for the uh, you know to play eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve in there somewhere. You know, there's there's going to be there's going to be a, a safety valve there, if you will. Yeah, but that can also come back to to haunt them as well because if you if you put your best players in reserve, you might not ever get to them if you start getting down early. I uh, say two. I didn't say all of them. I, I understand. I understand, but there has to be something going into that that. Um, I would definitely, I mean, back in the day, I don't think Tiger was really ever the last guy out when he was dominating. He wasn't the last guy out. He was, as Fruit said, in that 7, 8, 9, 10 range, somewhere in there where he could uh, he could kind of be that uh, the stopgap where like a, good, a very good uh, baseball team has one or two good pitchers. They're basically streak st- stoppers. If you get on a losing streak, well, I know I got two really stud pitchers. They're going to make sure that we don't don't go on a on a three game slide or something like that. So at, at Medina, and I was there. Um, Tiger played number twelve in the sing, in the singles. Whoops, we never got to him. That's right. That's right. He stood in the eighteenth fairway, and and I forget who it was, Swartzel or somebody else in front of him made the putt on the eighteenth green that that won the cup for those guys, and he just stood there with this look on his face like. <laughs> over it doesn't matter what i do now man um, that's so, got to be the toughest shot in golf to play after that point because i believe they do play in from there right yeah they do they, yes they finished so yeah. you know i was just i was interested just while you, you guys were talking i was looking up a tiger's record in just in Ryder cup matches and singles he's not he's, he's, you know he's pretty good no he's four four one and two and in, in seven Ryder cups that's not bad i mean that's four wins uh, a draw and two losses. So, or is it is a four wins, a loss, and two draws, uh, two halves? Uh, it's it's in the in the four balls and foursomes that he doesn't have a very good record. His overall record is seventeen and twenty three, and not great. Well, so. he really wasn't brought up to be a teammate. <laughs> yeah. He's been playing an individual thing for a long yeah. time. Let's let's go uh, uh, kind of the lightning round here with the other four players in the FedEx Cup five. Uh, it just kind of just thoughts on where these guys games. Real short, real brief. Fruits start. And we'll we'll try to hit every. Uh, player here and, and have each of you guys, uh, guys offer a short comment. Jordan Spieth, if, if you had to sum up where he, where his game is right now, what would you say? Oh, I think he's he's on top of it, and and he knows that uh, he needs to win the tournament of champions. I mean, the tour championship, and with it, the FedEx Cup to have any chance at Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, it looks right now like Justin Thomas has Player of the Year wrapped up, but uh, if there's any chance for Spieth, it's to win the. Uh, the tour championship and with it the FedEx Cup. Uh, I'm not sure that Justin Thomas, as I said, doesn't have it already wrapped up, but we'll see. Uh, with his consistent play, talking about speed now, his consistent play, his scrambling ability, and and that putter is. Uh, don't ever bet against this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely, Jimmy. Okay, speed? I'll I'll take over because the directions were a few words to describe <laughs> this guy. Uh, Jordan solid. Very solid right now. Same thing with Justin Thomas. Solid. Michael, any thoughts on Spieth's game at the moment, if you had to describe it in a couple of sentences? Um, yeah, I mean, Spieth is just playing great. He's, he's got tons of confidence. He still has a tendency, though, even when he's playing really well, that, to kind of make that mistake. So, you know, coming down, the, but he also rises to the occasion. So he might make a couple of mistakes early, you know, in, in a match in the President's Cup that could mean, you know, what, winning or losing. But coming down the stretch, I would definitely take him, you know, if we need him the last five holes. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting, too. When you're talking about making that one mistake, that's what was so impressive about Leishman, at least last the, the BMW tournament. I, I, I saw him miss maybe two or three shots, and his misses were great. I mean, they were just in, in the right place, and he was putting so well. He had uh, no trouble getting up and down. Michael, as long as we have you. 
uh, a few words on on uh, Justin Thomas, who's in the uh, the third position or second uh, position. Justin, right? yeah, Justin's uh, you know his his game is 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 very good, and uh, you know he's playing with a ton of confidence right now. Um, he, he has an, a, a chance and a tendency, I think, to, to miss some putts uh, kind of coming down the stretch. He gets a little erratic. He kind of caught some really good breaks when, in, you know, when he won the PGA Championship, uh, he, uh, not to take away from how great he was playing, uh, but he, he has a tendency to kind of lose himself a little bit out there, and, and that, could, that could be the difference between winning and losing right there. Fruch, uh, I, my thought on Justin Thomas, I, I, he certainly has matured, maybe still has a little bit of a temperament issue uh, when things aren't quite going his way. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't care what kind of temperament he has. Where he hits the tee shot allows him to play the golf course from a lot different place than everybody else gets to play it from. I mean, as I heard Faraday say that uh, he hit it so long is not to be confused with small or medium. It's large. <laughs> uh, it, it puts him in places to really go low, and if he's wedging it and putting it, uh, look out. I mean, he's, it's fun to watch him play the game. He goes after that driver, and he's got, like, at, at impact, he's got like two toes. The, the big toe of each foot's on the ground, and everything else is in the air somewhere. And that thing is flying. Um, a thought uh, quickly, uh, Professor, on, on Justin Thomas, and then go to Dustin Johnson. Just kind of make the segue. Uh, dominant. Uh, he's. I don't think he's stoppable right now. Um, yes, are other people going to play better and things like that? But over a, a period of time here, he just. I just find it amazing that every year there's a different guy that we're talking about that's dominating the tour. And they're all young. There's, it's not like it's a, we're going to flashback to Phil. Uh, but I would say dominant. Um, Dustin Johnson, quiet. <laughs> like, like Dustin who? I mean, we forget that he won a major last year, and we're, and it's and he's been at the top of his game for the better part of three, four years. Um, even going back all the way to when the tour asked him to take a, uh, a segue away from tour for a period of time. Right, yeah. uh, he's been playing extremely well. Uh, but I would just say very quiet because you haven't really heard his name too much. Even though he's been there, it's just kind of uh, Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth and, 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 and Leishman have been kind of taking the headlines. Yep. Michael, a, a few thoughts on D- Dustin Johnson? Oh, maybe, maybe Michael's not available at the moment. I just probably, uh... I'll pick it up. Okay, go ahead. Go I, ahead I, just, I just don't know about the guy. I mean, I, I root for him. I like him. Uh, and and everything seems to be there. The prodig- the prodigious length, the solid irons, the control of his wedge shots, the scrambling ability, putting. But he just hasn't put it together very often since he took that spill at yeah. the Masters and had to pull it out. Uh, sometimes it just appears that his mental game is a wall. I mean, uh, he could be anywhere from overpowering to mediocre any week. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's absolutely fair. Um, John, I've, of these five, and in the, the five in order, Spieth went into the weekend first, Justin Thomas second, Dustin Johnson third, uh, then Mark Leishman fourth, and, and rounding out that that FedEx Cup five is John Rahm, who I think is the most first, is the most interesting player on this list because I don't think we've seen the best of this guy at all, not yet. No, I agree. I agree. He's had one hell of a year. He's a very emotional. Of course, the Spanish players in general are. But he's a very emotional player in the Seve vein. You know, the putter lets him down from time to time, but he's a definite threat at Eastlake. Yeah. Uh, John Rahm, thoughts uh, uh, from you, Professor? Uh, emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends on uh, which guy you're going to get. Uh, if uh, things start going awry, 
he can uh, blow his stack and uh, good night. Well, I, I'll tell you what. You didn't see this. I know because you were you were doing other things this past weekend. He had about a 12-foot putt that he thought was going to break slightly to his left. So he gave it right edge and just hung out there. He started screaming at the at the green, at the golf ball, at his caddy or something. I mean, it was, I mean, not just not just you know quietly you know, expressing some displeasure. He was yelling out there. It was it was uh, pretty amazing. Michael, are you back with us yet? I am back. Oh, there you are. There you are. Any thoughts on John Rahm? My thought was he he's, might be the most interesting one of these five because I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. No, I don't. we definitely haven't. We've definitely seen a glimpse of how good he can be. Uh, it's just still a little bit erratic and not really being able to, to close things out the way that he, he did when he was uh, playing as an amateur and playing in college. But he is, he is a phenomenal talent, and he has no fear at all. So he, he could be just a, a loose cannon and, and could come out of nowhere and just dominate, I, I believe. There, there are some other guys that are, are playing well. Jason Day, I think, is kind of getting back into form. Phil Mickelson didn't make the, the Tour Championship, but he came close. He finished 34th overall in the FedEx Cup standings and, and played really well over the last three or four weeks after kind of a dismal stretch between April and August. The guy I want to talk about here, Fruits, start, start us out on, can you guys tell me what's going on with McElroy? It's just, how do you, he did not make the final 30. Uh, in the playoffs, he had, a, here's the three playoff tournaments he played. He had a tie for 34th. He missed the cut at the Dell tournament and was tied for 58th uh, in Chicago at the BMW. What's, Fruits, what's going on with this guy? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no, I don't have the first clue. I, uh, the swing looks fine to me. Uh, he's putting mediocre by tour standards, but he just looks lost out there. There's, we used to talk about Seve having no joy when he played, and that's the way Rory looks now. There just, there doesn't seem to be any real confidence. I mean, it's there's a there's a false confidence there, but uh, he used to make three birdies and go looking to make three more, and now he makes three, uh, two bogeys, and and another. Uh, and I think it's mental, and I have no, I have no damn clue. What's going on with him? He's just not the same guy that we're used to. It's it's weird. Uh, I, we're, we're getting short on time in the segment. I want to cover a couple of other things uh, very, very quickly. And Michael, comment on this. When you make the Tour Championship, if a player makes that field of 30, he, he gets uh, invites to, to the following things the following season, the next season. Invite to the Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and all four WGC events, which carry higher FedEx Cup points and bigger purses. So for the guys like Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley, what, what does that mean to those guys? It's just got to be huge knowing what your schedule is going to be like the following year, right? Oh, it's it's awesome. And a guy like Patrick Cantlay, who really hadn't played a ton this season, uh, came on really strong at the end and birdied the last hole to get into the top 30. Um, it, it, these guys, it's just, it, it, it helps them just take a deep breath, be able to plan their year out so much better, and, and really, you know, hopefully can take advantage of it uh, with with getting in those invites. Because it, it's, it's awesome. It just, like I said, it takes that pressure off where you don't like, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to make the cut or I don't have to win this tournament to get in here. I'm already there. So let's work on our game. Let's play as, as good as we can. So we're playing our best when we, when we get to those WGC events or getting into the masters yeah, and you can really work out your practice schedule. Yeah, Finau uh, birdied the, the 18th hole in the final round at BMW to, to make the top 30. And when he realized it, it was actually touching. He was, I mean, high-fiving people, and he looked like he was almost getting a little bit weepy. But after, in the interview after his round, he said, I've never played at Augusta. Never, you know, he, he just thought that was going to be uh, the, the big de- biggest deal and the coolest thing. I've got a question for you, Professor. Okay. Sergio Garcia makes it to Eastlake in position number 25. 
Is this the best year of his career, the most rewarding year of his career? I I I would say as far as getting the the proverbial uh animal off his back, yes. Uh, as far as most rewarding of his career, I mean it started out so hot and it's kind of like been, hey, do you remember who won the Masters earlier this year? Who did win the Masters? Oh, oh, Sergio. Uh he's kind of been nowhere to be seen at all. I mean, I was surprised the fact that he even made it in the 25th position. But he was playing extremely well earlier in the year. So I would say yes, probably. If we would, if this would be a Ryder Cup year, absolutely. Because you throw on his performance at Ryder Cups like it is normally. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, the past uh, 12 months for him, yes, has been very good. Because he had a Ryder Cup in there and also the and Masters. A, and a, and a yes. major, sure. Well, Fruits, I asked that question of your, your son just to irritate him because I know that he's a big fan <laughs> of Sergio. I'm not irritated. <laughs> I'm just going to be irritated at the, the Sunday of the Masters next year when you get to watch him walk out there the whole week leading up to it. And, oh, Sergio's last year's <laughs> champion. It's like, God, oh You're fast-forwarding almost seven months to to, uh, to wallow in that agony. Any thoughts on Sergio, Fruits? Well, he... he yeah, is it the most rewarding? I don't know. Possibly uh, a Masters win. Obviously, getting married pretty pretty big deal. Uh, a solid year, if not spectacular play. Uh, but I, I would have to say it's a pretty rewarding year for most people. I got a question though. Yeah. Back up one thing to the Tour Championship. Yeah. I was very surprised uh, to learn that you did not get exempted into the PGA and the Players' Championship. You got the Masters and the Open and the U.S. Open and all that other stuff and the WGC events, but did not get exempted into the PGA or the Players? Is that true? I, that, that's true, and and they offered some reason for, for the not getting into the PGA, and I just I can't dredge it up now. I'll, I'll research it, and maybe next week when we talk President's Cup, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in there, but that that's true. And I didn't even think about the Players' Championship. You would think that winning, you know, getting into the into the tour championship would be, you know, certainly part and parcel of of getting into the players championship. I, I don't know why that is. I'll uh, I'll I'll do a little bit of research on that. But yeah, I'm I'm, I th- I, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that it's probably because ninety five to ninety nine point five percent of them are going to be in the qualifying range because I don't know how with the with the uh, players championship since it happened so early in the year. I think your net, your world golf ranking is going to shoot through the roof. There's, there's because you're in the top thirty in the in the in the tour championship. Your your world golf ranking has to be up there high enough that I think you're going to get in the field of 120. I think it is in the players or is it, I, wait, for the players championship. Fruits is it a full 156 or is it less than that? Oh no, it's a full field. Yeah, so yeah, to get to get into that, I, I I I don't know, I don't know the answer, but I do know I went to the Presidents Cup you know, and researched that, and and they, excuse me, to the to the Tour Championship site and uh, researched that, and that's what they said. It was the the first three majors and all four WGC events you get in, and uh, I I would think for some of these younger players, it's just a an enormous thing to to be able to not only play in those those richer events, but also to kind of know what your life is going to be. And the like. WGC events, I don't believe they have cuts. Isn't that the one that they don't? Have? have cuts for michael i don't know mike are there cuts in wgc events michael do you know um that's a great question um obviously uh, the match play you got to win but there is not 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think Frucci, you you guys were talking at the same time. Frucci, you said there's only in some of these events only have like sixty or seventy guys in the field, so there's probably yeah, no there's cut. no cut. So right. this is a bonus for these guys making it because remember, I think it was last year the guy just walked up there. Knew he wasn't going to play. Hit one tee shot, collected his seventy five thousand dollars, and walked <laughs> off. Right. And that's another way. That's that's another position for these guys. That's four events where no one else is going to be collecting points or checks, but these guys are. Yep. And like Michael said, it's going to help them plan out their year. Yeah. Let's stop here. We'll talk President's Cup in the World of Golf segment uh, the, at the uh, near the end of the program. Play better golf and an update on Morningstar coming your way straight ahead here on the Swing Doctor News Talk eleven thirty WISN. News Talk 1130 WISN, the Swing Doctor moving forward here on a Sunday in September. Uh, nice warm weather. Jerry Bott here uh, with all three PGA professionals, uh, the usual uh, suspects on this panel. Uh, Jim Frucci Jr., co-owner of Morningstar Golfers Club, on the phone with us from suburban Philly. James Frucci III, the managing partner at Morningstar, in studio. Michael Crowley, the head golf professional at Morningstar, is uh, with us via telephone today because he's uh, he's manning uh, the golf course uh, as, as we speak. Um, let's get a little update on uh, on. Morningstar managing partner. Uh, the the 2018 membership rates were revealed last week. Let's recap them, shall we? Uh, so that uh, people know uh, if you want to become a member at Morningstar, and if you're somebody that plays, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 rounds of golf a, a season, you know, two or three times a week, this is unbelievable value. But uh, lay the numbers on us, sir. Uh, individual membership is $2,500 plus tax. A couple membership is $3,750 plus tax. And a Family membership, which includes all children living at home as a dependent of their parents, is $5,000 plus tax. And a corporate membership, which includes one foursome per day, is $10,400 plus tax. How many corporate memberships are there? Fifteen. Fifteen. Really? Okay. Yep. And we sell those out every year. Yeah, so I'm sure. They're, uh, and I, I'm assuming they're going to sell out again this year because it, uh, it happens very quick because it's a, it's, a uh, sure. it's a great value for the corporation itself. Um, and well, people uh, use all- it internally as rewards or, or closing deals, you know, to taking clients out, all sorts of stuff. Correct. And uh, there is a free financing uh, plan available for this year or for next season as well. And as an added bonus, if you do join, you do uh, get the rest of uh, the 2017 season, which is roughly about two months. Mm-hmm. Two months to go here from this point. Uh, actually, a little bit less than two months. because November 12th, you're closing. November 12th would you, be the closing date. You decided that like last Christmas. Before we opened. <laughs> Before we opened. That's the ironic thing is we know our closing date before we know our opening date in the springtime. So. Yeah, and and, and the, uh, the the so-called late summer, September rates, in essence, are in effect for you know the, till, the, till the end of the month. And I picked up on this one, twilight rates after three, 39 bucks. You can barely get a bucket of ball for 39 bucks. That is a fabulous rate. The sun hitting light ends at about 7 o'clock, roughly, give or take a, you know, a few minutes now. So you could, it, it, with a cart at Morningstar, given the pace of play, easily get an 18 for, for 39 bucks. Absolutely. What are, you, what are you crazy? You're giving the store away. You're nuts. Well, that maybe. <laughs> hey, Michael, anything else going on in the golf shop at, you know, sort of as the season winds down with regard to apparel or anything else that uh, kind of goes on special? Uh, we're still doing some fittings and things like that out here. So, uh, you know, Matt's busy with that. we got some great sales on some wedges. Great time to get outfitted. You know, the, the weather's been great, but, you know, if you want to play in the fall, you gotta you got to get those nice pullovers and, uh, and stay warm so you can keep playing through November. Michael's been tempting me. After he saw what kind of irons I'm playing, he's, he's making the case that I need a, a new set, a, a fitted set. Uh, how long does it take to get fitted for a set of irons, Michael? 
Uh, it usually takes about uh, a half hour or so to get fitted for a set irons. Uh, you might be a, a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, right. Given the lack of precision of the swing, yeah, that, that would think that it would right. be a little bit a little bit longer than that. Um, so uh, anyway, we're gonna, I have a birthday coming up. It might be a present to myself. It might be a, a good way to go. But uh, if I do that, I'll report back to the audience the the experience because the driver fitting was a blast. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, uh, Morningstar, best time of year to play. It's been unseasonably warm. Uh, over the past few days, but when the weather gets a little bit crisper and, and nicer, just as great to play. The trees are starting to turn in my neighborhood in Brookfield. I don't know if, if at the golf course. It's because we've had less than a half an inch of rain in it, this entire month. Yeah, it's so so I think we're going to see a little accelerated uh, color pattern, but it's just beautiful out there. It's a golf course and a golf facility where people really love the game. Great restaurant and hickory sticks. Uh, they pour, pour you a fair cocktail in the bar. I'll test, uh, offer testimony to that fact. Uh, Morningstar Golfers Club, uh, you can make tea time reservations up to two weeks in advance, call this number. It's 262-662-1600, 262-662-1600, or go online to make reservations and get more information about Morningstar Golfers Club right off the Rock Freeway in Waukesha County, golfthestar.com. Again, golfthestar.com. Fruch, swing doctor? Yes, sir. For a lot of players and mid-handicap types, one of the problems is shifting their weight properly. There's a lot of hanging back uh, and not getting their weight back sort of on the lead side uh, on the through swing, the side that's closest to the target. Is there any way to build muscle memory on that or a good drill or some way to make sure that you're, you're getting that weight back on the, on the proper side? Because it really helps keep your swing on plane and, and cure some ills when you can do that, right? Well, I'm yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that the other two teachers on the, on the show here may have a different way of going about this, but... Uh, me and my old dinosaur ways, uh, hanging back, you know, there's a definite sequence in the golf swing, going back and going through. Uh, going back, your hands move, then your arms move, then the shoulders move, then the hips move, then the leg move. It's, it's, it kind of works from the top down. And on the reverse, uh, on the through swing, it's just the reverse. The, the legs work first, moving the hips, which move the shoulders, arms, and then the hands. Uh, most people get it up to the top, and then they just jump at it with their hands and shoulders, and they never get the weight off the right foot or the back foot if, they, if, they, if in fact, they've shifted it back there properly. So to get the feel of getting back to the left side, the front side, uh, I, I have a drill where I put all my weight on my front foot and just uh, have, the, have the toe of the, uh, the back foot, my right foot, on the ground just for, for, for kind of balance. And I hit balls with that, with all the weight on the left to begin with. I mean, you know, through the whole swing. And, and, and to get that feel of being on the left side when you actually strike the ball. And believe me, you're going to get some really solid hits and, and very little distance loss when you do that. You'll be amazed. Another drill is to start in the impact position with 80 to 90% on the left foot already, the front foot. Uh, the right knee kicked in and only on the toe of the right foot, uh, rolling onto the onto the toe of the right foot, hips open, shoulders square. Uh, you, you know, we've all seen that Ben Hogan picture, you know, of impact where everything's everything's in just perfect shape and the whole right side is there together, uh, or the impact of any swing sequence that you might have at home. Uh, any of the golf magazines that have these swing sequences, start there, get into the impact position and then swing back and return to that impact position. The good player uses the big muscles of the body. And, and always remember this, the legs feed the wolf. You've got to use your legs in the golf swing. 
Turn on the turn on my microphone. You have any trouble getting your weight back on your left side ever, uh, Jimmy? Because you, you hit it a ton. I would guess that you're you're, you're pretty Not much really. on that side. So, any any advice for those of us who uh, might might have that problem? You heard what 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 uh, the swing doctor's advice was. My best advice is to pick up three clubs and swing three clubs, because it you get that feeling like when you're warming up. You see a lot of people in the range grab three or four clubs. You get that feeling. You can do the same thing with a weighted club, something a well, club the, the, with weight at the end of it. But you want to get that feeling of shifting weight because any sport that involves shifting of weight, the head moves, and you want to allow the head to move. But you're just shifting your weight from one side to the other. This training aid, this orange whippy thing that you, you've seen that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's designed to pretty much do exactly that, right? Correct. To, to give you the feeling of that that weight shift and with that that uh, ultra whippy uh, sort of um, sort of feel. Michael, if if you're able to uh, to uh, answer this one and I mean yeah. if available oh you are available good I'm here. Um, I was watching an online video and they were talking about you know holding Great. the angle of, of a cocked club as, as the as a player goes through the the process of, of striking the ball is there any good way to get that feel and in your mind how important is that well it is important and I and I know there are some instructors and that's one of my favorite things is when I give a lesson and then someone goes and watches videos <laughs> Um, then they're always coming back to me and they're a little bit more messed up than they were when they first came to me. So that's always a good thing. But, uh, so holding that angle. Yeah, it's, it's important, but if you're thinking of holding that angle as you're swinging the golf club, chances are you're probably going to slice it a lot. So as fruits was talking about, you know, shifting your weight and doing that, if you are using your feet and your legs and using that leverage from the ground, that angle is going to happen much more naturally and without you really having to think about it. If you are at the top of your swing and you throw your hands at it, uh, that is definitely going to be a, a recipe for disaster where people feel like they're casting the golf club or something like that. So if you're using your hands and your arms to start your forward swing, that's when we're going to get into trouble. If you're using your feet, your legs, using the leverage of the ground, then you're going to be able to hold that angle a little bit more important. Now you can do some drills and feel that and bring it down to – where the golf club is parallel to the ground and it's 90 degrees to your left arm. And then from there, just hit a couple little pitch shots. So you kind of feel that release. So it's very important that we release the golf club uh, through that as well. So if you want to do that little drill, that can definitely give you the feeling of holding that angle and doing that. And, and that's going to help that, you know, feel that release as well. But you have to use your feet and use the leverage of the ground to be able to uh, create that angle much better. Well, it's about lag too, right? I mean, isn't, isn't holding that angle one of the keys to, to generating a little bit more speed in your club head? Apparently, apparently he's he's got other business. So, uh, yes, yeah. it is. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yes, it is. I mean, holding the angle or creating lag, uh, in my opinion, anyway, one of the biggest golf swing killers of all time. Uh, it ranks right up there with keeping your head down, keeping your left arm straight, and pulling through with the left side. Uh, holding the angle or, or trying to create it, uh, create lag will happen naturally, as Michael started to say there. If, you, if you're using your lower body properly, uh, the lag will just happen. It, and now sometimes some people get it more than others, but you're going you're gonna to get good lag and, and hold the angle to the proper position which is down to about waist high, but you don't want to be holding it after that because you're going to have a wide open club face when you get back to the ball. Got it. Uh, you're going to pull through. If you try to do it any more than that, you're going to you're going to leave the club face wide open, uh, and you're going to hit it short and right. Uh, someone tries to give you that advice about lag. Uh, 
grab your sack and run like hell. I mean, the, pro- <laughs> well, the proper sequence gives you effortless power, not powerful effort. Gotcha. Very good. Uh, we're going to take a break here. World of Golf President's Cup preview coming up in the next segment of The Swing Doctor. News Talk 1130 WISN. Talk 1130 WISN, the Swing Doctor rolling forward here on a Sunday in September. Uh, President's Cup next week, Fruits. This one is being held on American soil in, in Jersey City, Jersey, which doesn't sound like a garden spot for a big uh, event like this. But uh, the golf uh, course, uh, Liberty National, is is quite well respected. Um, what, what do you see on this golf course? What can we expect? Well, it was built in 2006 in a landfill or on, on top of what used to be a landfill. Well, that's what all of Jersey is a landfill, right? Right on the Hudson River, right across from the Statue of Liberty in, in Manhattan. Uh, the Bob Cup, Tom Kite design. Uh, most holes have a view of the Statue of Liberty in New York beyond that. Uh, 7,300 yards, 7,400 yards. Cost $250 million to build it. It's one of the most expensive golf courses ever. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very, very pretty. It's relatively flat, as you can imagine, because they can't create, you know, they're right on the water there. Uh, basically treeless, uh, with loads of long, wispy fescue grass uh, bordering the fairways. So its course rating is 77.7 uh, with a 155 slope. And we've, we've seen it before. The Barclays in 2009 and 2013 mm-hmm. were con- was contested here. So it's a, it's a nice golf course. It's going to it show great on TV. I see a couple of very reachable par fives and a drivable par four at number 16, which will play like about 320 or so, which would be uh, kind of fun. Around the table real quick, President's Cup, Jimmy, who's going to be the best player, best performer, best point getter on the, uh, on the U.S. side? Justin Thomas. Just and, and he's gonna he's probably playing five matches. I'm thinking he's gonna play in all five. What is he? Four and one, five and zero. Oh, what are you thinking? Three one and one. Three one three three one and one. That's pretty specific. Michael, are you with us? He is not. He's otherwise uh, occupied on the uh, on the other line there. Fruits, what say you? Best uh, point getter, best uh, point performer for the U.S. side would be who? I'm going to give you a surprise guy. I think Charlie Hoffman is going to have a great Presidents Cup. I really like his game. Uh, he just moves along, taking care of business all the time, and there's no way to tell how many times Stricker's going to use him as a as a uh, captain's pick, how many matches he's going to play. But uh, I think we're going to be very surprised at the end at how well he played in the event. Yeah, interesting. That's an interesting pick, and and uh, I'm going to go for the obvious one. I think Spieth. Pat- no, I mean, Patrick Reed. Would be I figure Patrick Reed was going to be your Spieth, obvious Spieth, one. Spieth, I think, is going to play really well because the guy can just is putting out of his mind generally. Although Fruits made a good point earlier that he does tend to make the big mistake um, every once in a while. Uh, real quickly, we got a minute left here uh, in this segment. Jerry Kelly uh, last week won his second Champions Tour tournament in a month. And Fruits, is he the kind of player, you know, he's still kind of competitive on the big tour. He just gained eligibility for the Champions Tour. He's the kind of player that can really dominate that Champions Tour for a while and, and make some pretty good coin, right? You would, you would think so. Uh, it's hard to dominate it when you've got guys like Freddie and uh, Bernhard Longer and those guys out there already and playing very, very well. But uh, I know that uh, when I turned senior, when I turned 50, uh, it was kind of like getting a new lease on life. I was playing in the state open and all that stuff and before I turned 50, and I was, you know, finishing 25th and 30th and stuff like that against the Michaels of the world. And once I, once I turned into the senior thing and could play in the senior open and the senior PGA and stuff, all of a sudden I'm finishing first, second, third, fourth. So it was just kind of a, a new lease on life, and I think he's going to go through a, a similar thing out there. Hmm. 
Jimmy, 15 seconds. Kelly used to be a hockey player. What is it about hockey players that make them such good good golfers? It's the same swing. It's the exact same swing. Same plane, same everything, same shift and weight, moving ahead. It's just that in many cases, what you feel, where you see the puck is moving, in reality, they're moving, the puck's moving, so it's kind of like being still. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. And a lot of these guys, these these um, these hockey players, not only are good tee to green players, they're good putters. Kelly's a very good putter. I, I think one of, his, one of his claims to fame on the big tour is that he's uh, one of the better putters out there. Uh, one final question on the Swing Doctor coming up. Newstock 1130 WISN. Newstock 1130 WISN, the final minute of this edition of the Swing Doctor. Gentlemen, 30 points up for grabs in the President's Cup. Cup, rather. What's this year's final score, Michael Crawley? What say you? Uh, USA team 17, the international team 13. So 17 13, which would be a comfortable win for the US side. I thought you, you were going to go much higher because you, you said last week that they were, USA was going to just crush them. Jimmy? Uh, 18 and a half. 18 and a half. To 11 and a half. That, that would be a thrashing. That I was, think it's going to be over before the single start almost. Really, really. Fruits, what, what say you with the President's Cup final score? I think it's going to be closer than that, but but not a lot closer. I have it at 16 and a half to 13 and a half. Well, that would certainly be competitive. You'd, you'd have some drama in the singles matches if, with, if it only ends up being a three-point uh, three gap. Guys, President's Cup next week. We'll talk about it uh, at, uh, on that show. So let's reassemble, shall we? Yes? We shall. Good. Okay, good. Uh, that'll do it for the Swing Doctor. News coming up next. News Talk 1130 WISN.